Hi, and a warmly welcome to Season 5 of Fail and Grow with me, Vilma. I'm one of the co-founders to VLOXQ CPQ, seamless integrated to the rest of your ecosystem, creating quality quotes real quickly and ensuring that your uh, heroes at the office is customer-centric heroes. And Fail and Grow is a podcast show niched into operational excellence. That means everything that smoothens your sales, your operations, and increases your profit, and of course, your revenue too. And today, I'm thrilled to say that I have a person that is a serial entrepreneur. He has been within tech since 2009. And we would also, or I at least would like to call him a successful dropout. So for everyone out there studying and thinking about, should I start my own company? Reach out to Nima Samimi. He is the CEO and founder of Alexis HR. And they uh, approaches small and mid-sized companies in Europe and what we would call is the chat GPT for people operations. Did I get this right, Nima? And welcome to Fail and Grow. Thank you so much for a lovely introduction, Wilma. I've never heard that before, the successful dropout, but happy to, <laughs> to, to, to mint that and coin that <laughs> expression for myself. Uh, you, you absolutely got that right. Uh, I love the analogy, ChatGPT for people operations. Uh, I mean, if, if I could uh, broaden out a little bit, we're on HI uh, or AI-powered HR platform that's automating uh, the employee lifecycle management, so everything from onboarding to time off to performance reviews we we do uh, through a conversational interface that is super easy to use in the the, the natural la- languages of like HR uh, managers or employees so that's that's to to give some uh, context behind the chat GPT for people operations thank you for that and today we're gonna dig deeper into how your scale up could use AI uh, and uh, we are we are we are bragging a bit, or we are I mean taking it from from the real they are ten times more efficient with existing resources. But that we will talk about a bit later. Mm. Would you mind uh, sharing with me what you what you would prefer to have in your drink on an after work? Oh, when I'm at on after work, I'm uh, usually I usually want to fill up my glass as soon as possible. So I don't go for drinks. I, I go for kava if if possible. So uh, preferably some bubbles if, <laughs> if they exist. Otherwise, beer. Bubbles or beer. Yeah. Awesome. That's what I go for. <laughs> and I'm also going to ask you for your funniest work-related fuck-up that you want to share with us. <laughs> so funniest is hard. I mean, cringiest or, uh, well, uh I don't know what to call it. So, so I, I was th- thinking through uh, a lot of uh, fun related or, or not fun related, work related fuck ups. Some has been like throughout time. You've seen, okay, the, this decision I made was a real fuck up. Uh, but th- those are a bit lengthy. So uh, I, I um, talked, uh, I had after work with one of my um, early co founders in our early company I had about 17 years ago. And uh, we were four uh, co-founders. Uh, we got to think of, of this story. Uh, and after about you know, eight, nine months, we, we kind of figured uh, that one of the co-founders weren't that motivated, weren't, uh, weren't doing the, the uh, well, uh, really upholding the shareholders agreement, we would say. 
so uh, we had been, or we, we were going to talk to him. Uh, we, we called him into a meeting say, saying that uh, we should probably part ways for, for a very good for everyone. So before this meeting, uh, like just um, five, six hours before the meeting, I called to the other co-founders just so that we could uh, talk to each other. Um, this was before AirPods. This was before smartphones. I had a neck phone that you could open and with a wire uh, headphones. And uh, we, we had just ordered our, our uh, beer and uh and and or it was a coffee i don't know it was at a um outside restaurant i uh, hope it was not beer at, at <laughs> early morning so maybe you needed a beer but i understand hopefully it was coffee <laughs> so we 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 started saying that okay this and uh, this co-founder uh yeah we, we think it's best for all of us if we part ways for this and this reason let's put it uh in in uh, let's uh put it forward in this way and uh, we think it's going to be good for for everyone mm. and uh when when we were done uh, and we were um, we were getting away from the the cafe or uh i i got a call uh from that co-founder saying dude you forgot to turn your phone off oh my god oh that was so Horrible. Now we're friends and everything. Now this was 17 years ago, so so, so, <laughs> so it's way over uh, now. But it was a horrible way to 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 to, yeah. to convey the message uh, to, to him instead of doing it uh, like face to face. He 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 got it in a in a different way. So yeah, always check your phone. I always guess. check uh, your phone. Well, <laughs> yeah, and when when we had this uh, short. Um, brief talk beforehand this recording you asked me what i found the most tricky with running or being an entrepreneur if i could call mm. call, it, call myself one and i said owner discussions and i can really see that this one wasn't what you were looking for at all no. uh, and that poor guy receiving a very weird call and then it's like realizing like okay they're they're talking about me not being a part of the company anymore and i mean your intentions was good you were going to just i mean have have a good discussion later on <laughs> yes yes later on that day but then he knew the meeting so that was a good pre-read for him to have before <laughs> the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> well okay well, but how yeah, was he angry i sorry i have to ask was he angry sad or what was the reaction uh yeah i mean i mean Often you're, especially when we were as young as we were, we were just turned 20. So, uh, so, so uh, we were friends as well. So, I mean, he was disappointed and we, our friendship uh, took a turn uh, for, for at least um, two, three years, but uh, now we're... You can laugh at it together. Yeah, of course. He's doing really successful with my stuff. So. Oh, wonderful to hear. I actually have friends uh, who've done similar stuff but about other if you if you will secrets oh. so this seems like something everyone needs to know when they're like 15 years old that this can happen yeah. <laughs> so check your phone <laughs> oh definitely definitely oh. thank you so much for sharing Nima. this is a true uh, fuck up that you really can learn something from thank you for for sharing uh I'm always excited, you know, which level we're going to end up with. But it was, yeah, one of my top three different favorite uh, <laughs> fuck-ups. Uh, and I can uh, uh, assure you that I've done uh, worse myself. Oh, so. would love to hear about that. For another episode. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Afterwards. Today, we are going to talk about how to uh, to be 
10 times more efficient uh, with the existing resources by using AI. Mm-hmm. And I'm not that into AI. Mm-hmm. So you are truly the expert here. Nima. So first of all, why did we uh, choose this topic today from, from your perspective, talking about uh, AI and the possibilities uh, of it uh, today? Mm-hmm. Good question. I uh, I think AI right now is uh, very, very much the hottest trending topic there is in tech uh, and in companies and in the world, yeah, basically in the world of tech and more, I would say, uh, also in, in, in some governments in terms of regulation, etc. So I think it's important to, to um, address the subject, but uh, address it in the way of how it could leverage and help uh, scale-ups and, and startups achieve even more and be more efficient uh we're a bit nuanced uh, or i'm a bit nuanced uh, as well since we are an ai powered platform that that really have that as a differentiation in our category and in our domain so so uh for for all of these reasons i think i've i've, uh, I've chose this um this topic also this has been uh, a passion of mine to think about like the futurology and fu- futuristic uh, um, things that could happen in society even when the ai enters and i think we just entered the age of ai or you can say that we have <laughs> no but what's really interesting here i feel is um i also been in tech for sometimes maybe too long uh but uh, we have talked about ai for a long long time uh but i haven't seen that many companies actually adopting to it mm. or building their business model around it or manage to uh, implement it in their uh, SaaS service. Mm. So um, I would like to move on to that. How did you, okay, decide we have to do this or we will do this. And then how did you start implement it in Alexis HR? Good, good, good question. So uh, um, Alexis, from from the beginning, uh, the, the name um, origins from the old Hebrew um, or biblical Hebrew uh, saying or stating that Alexis is... Uh, means uh, defender or helper of people. So when we started out, we wanted a uh, uh, kind of a person name for our company um, uh, saying, or uh, so that users could interact uh, with it. What the first thing we did was on chatbot. So uh, we have always been thinking about how to make interactions, uh, th- uh, not just only through web. Uh, it has been mostly for necessity that we've made interactions through web, but mostly through uh, conversational natural language. Uh, so that's how we started thinking about it. That was from the get-go. But uh, just recently, these technologies have become much, much more available for every tech company or every company to, to just plug in and have immensely more powerful technologies that could help them with data, help them uh, help them with insights in data, and those technologies have you've had to have a really, really uh, special specialists uh, who work with those kind of stuff with machine learning and, and uh, those stuff before. While now you can just plug into, uh, for instance, OpenAI's API and and uh, and uh, use it for your own need in your own domain and category. So I think it it has to um, when uh, looking at it as a, uh, um, from a product perspective, um, I think um, 
do as a SaaS company, for instance, or it could also be a consumer tech company. Uh, for a consumer tech company, you can direct it or uh, to your own database, for instance, uh, and, and have a like restricted uh, model of a large language model in your database, uh, maybe helping um, consumers or, or users with recommendations in their own natural language. Like if you want a trip uh, somewhere, instead of going in and clicking on a lot of places in Momondo, you might want to say, uh, just speak to the AI saying, um, I want to book the large, uh, the, the best rated uh, hotel near um near uh, Mexico City um, that is cheaper than uh, 100 euros per night uh, and has three available beds uh, from this moment or this day to this day. Instead of doing a lot of uh, those clicks, uh, users could could just write in a prompt and get the results uh, presented themselves. So that's one way of how consumer apps are starting to use it. I, I think Klarna also made a plugin for ChatGPT, for instance. Um, and for for SaaS companies, um, in in similar ways, I mean, um, these big models are really large language models who have um, uh, read a lot of text, uh, basically, um, and and have been trained on a lot of text. Uh, so they are better in some sense than than um, uh, most humans in uh, in uh, writing or generating uh, text um, um, so you could use that for for helping to generate content for um, your uh, your users for instance if you have a document kind of startup uh, or you could help uh, by directing uh, these these models to your data making them interpret your data instead of just being through graphs, etc., you could um, where people need to filter and get the right graphs they need or want. Uh, people or users could just ask uh, your your database for the answers that they want to and get it instantly. Hmm, interesting. So when you started look into this, mm -hmm. how did you realize? in what uh, end of the tool you wanted to implement it? I mean, I, I guess it's a stupid question since the name uh, you have <laughs> uh, means what it does uh, or come from what it does. But mm. uh, my question is, how do one start to know, okay, this is where we should maybe see the possibilities to integrate some kind of AI tool within our business? Mm. So, um, so I think uh, for for our uh, for our end, we we had a lot of ideas on on uh, what we could do. Some of the ideas weren't possible with the technology that existed back then, but the ideas we we stack ranked uh, um, based on um, data on how people were spending time in our platform. Uh, so we uh, since we want to automate tasks and really minimize time spent on admin or just watching data uh, we looked which which um, which task and which jobs are users trying to do in our platform and which are they on an aggregated level spending the most time on um, so starting at the top basically to free up the most time 
possible for our users. Okay, so which jobs is to be done? The yeah. classic one, value prop, uh, interesting. And then to find the right AI solution, or is it like, I mean, do everyone use ChatGPT or what other AI solution is out there and how did you end up with the one you chose? So we actually don't have uh, ChatGPT or OpenAI into our platform. We use an open source large language model. So um, ChatGPT is a large language model that is pre-trained uh, on a massive amount of text. And I think ChatGPT is the most popular one and the best one right now for really complex tasks, uh, such as um, you know writing. It, it can write your book. It can write code. It can. Uh, write a lot of content so we're going uh, to talk about that a little bit later or in a minute i think um so i think uh, if if you do have some proprietary data or sensitive data there is a lot of open source uh, language models that can be used um which we use and we train it ourselves uh, to to our database and to 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 keep the data closed in, in on our servers, uh, but depending on the task that you want to, I think that the rule it will exist a couple of really really highly quality high quality large language models that can do the most advanced things such as writing code etc. Now we don't really need those uh, th that level of complexity in Alexis right now, but um, OpenAI is the leading one right now. But naturally. Um, uh, Google is is uh, or does have one as well. Um, Facebook as well called Llama. Uh, so there will probably be a couple of like overarching large language models and uh, some open source language models um, or GPT models, so to say, um, which stands for Generative Pre-trained Transformer uh, models. And yeah, and there will probably be some like smaller models in different verticals that are specifically trained to to be um, good at those models. And um, we don't know how uh, or exactly how the uh, business models will work for all of these, but uh, uh, there will be. So one choose the open source one to being able to to save the data or own the data yourself. Yes, yes. Is that the biggest part of it? Yeah, I would say. Uh, and it all has to do with which jobs do you want to automate. Like a lot of uh, companies are using the OpenAI GPT-4 model uh, right now uh, because it's really good at generating text, basically. Um, so, uh, yeah. Depends on the job. Well, we use a pre-trained model because we want to understand like, if someone asks, what is the turnover rate uh, for the Nordic sales team uh, last year compared to this year? That's quite a simple uh, intent to understand compared to, please write me a book about coding for uh, seven-year-olds. Um, now, GPT-4 can do the latter part uh, of, of my request, while our open source uh, model wouldn't be able to, to do that very much. Okay, interesting. It is a very new technology and new way of uh, doing uh, things. But I think one uh, one topic to to uh, touch upon would be why this is so important, right? Definitely. Now. Um, and I think uh, so. So first off, if, if you if you look at um, the current flagship and the front face app of AI, which we uh, talked about, ChatGPT. Yeah. Is uh, this by far the fastest growing and adapted app of all time? 
Now, previously, this was TikTok, who reached uh, 100 million users in uh, in uh, about nine months, while ChatGPT uh, reached 123 million users in three months. Um, and uh, this kind of technology, it can't be compared to uh, to like crypto or blockchain, etc. Because crypto and blockchain in in a decade it was never adapted into the mass market, while this is being built in into every or into a lot of apps, uh, and is the user adoption of it is insane because of the natural language interaction of it. You don't need to uh, learn or or do any complex. Um, setups to to use uh, generative ai you just speak to it and tell you uh, tell it what you want to do um so and i, I also think uh, generative ai uh, such as ChatGPT, is an essential tool for smbs to compete with larger companies because you can uh, make your your workforce much more efficient and it's uh, it, it's within all departments i think uh, for marketing materials social media blogs uh, customer support, personalization when it comes to sales, um, when it comes to to, to product, uh, to process automation, um, there is a lot happening there with something called Auto GPT, uh, decision making to to make some data analysis. Uh, so, with the help of of um, generative AI such as uh, ChatGPT, you can really, really leverage um, that to uh, to reduce costs and, and really drive growth um, and drive profitability. Um, because it will probably be a, a, a sort of revolution in in um, how startups are being created or managed as well um, in quite a short time um, so i think it's important for for that reason because you can actually create uh, you don't need to be able to to code in the same level uh, that you have been before or like just a couple of years ago and there is a famous example of how someone created the the game flappy bird in one hour through chat gpt uh, mm. like so if you just compare how long that took uh one year ago um <laughs> and where we are right now so why haven't like everyone adopted it already i mean it must be some kind of knowledge or i don't know courage or just the decision making um what do you see i i, I do think courage um courage definitely uh, and and just being curious in what it can do because it's quite unbelievable um so to say when 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 you start trying it out for for different tasks uh to to do it uh and some people are of course afraid to use it company-wide because they don't have any policies in place uh and people could send a lot of sensitive data to to um, these ai models um so um it's it's not something that needs to take a lot of time at companies but i know that big companies such as northvolt do have uh, workshops for their uh, hr teams for instance uh, for for instance to 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 use these models more and we as a company um are strongly recommending everyone to to uh, use ai in their roles to to really um see which parts of their roles they could automate so that they could focus more on high value and strategic tasks um, than, than themselves. Okay, so to sum it up a bit, uh, if one would like to or 
must start with this to be competitive compatible uh, you first might need to look at the policies yeah uh, you might go from the perspective my role and out what can i do what what tasks would i like to automate what would i do with my free time mm-hmm. or if we should have some kind of short list here mm-hmm. uh, how would you uh, advise someone to to adapt this and start working with this? So um, first off, I think you summed it up very nicely. Um, have a policy in place for which kind of data you can send uh, and which kind of data you shouldn't send to, to the AI. But uh, then if you're uh, uh, up to, I don't know, a couple of hundred person scale up, uh, but from being a five person startup to, to a couple of hundred person scale up, I um, just um, help people experiment and share ideas on how they could uh, automate different part of their roles, whether it be content creation or whether it be handle customer, um, complex customer um, uh, queries, basically, to, to just give them to ChatGPT instead of yourself needing to, to really phrase a good answer uh, to, to that. Um, do personalization uh, in sales for instance uh, or instance um to to tailor uh, really good outreaches or messages to your customers etc so just the policy and then experimenting uh, and allowing the experimentation as long as you do have the policy and and um focusing on uh, different parts of the role that could be automated especially the parts that are text based in the, in a the role um which is a lot when running a company today. Definitely. Okay, where uh, do you have any fails here you would like to share here? Watch out for this. You could go wrong here, or or is it just go out and do it? What is the perspective one would have here? I mean, it, it, um, the um, uh, the usage of uh, these. Um, these models are very, very intuitive. So uh, just go out and use it, but just don't blindly use it. Uh, like if you generate text uh, and if you generate content, uh, uh, I we usually think that it, it does 80 or 90% of the job, then you have to uh, do some adjustments your, yourself uh, to make it accurate and have your tonality and, and your mind a little bit better. Um, but the more you use it, the more you'll understand and get better at it now um uh, one person in, in our sales team recently like discovered oh you could um you could um, copy the link to some linkedin posts um to um make the or make ChatGPT read the the public post uh, that someone is doing and um give suggestions of a smart comment uh, to to get there now um i could relate to to that uh, to that you know you scroll uh, through linkedin a lot you want to uh, put in a nice comment instead of just uh, doing a like uh, on on that post um and but you really don't have the time to to put in uh, to to really do that to, to all posts and to everyone you like there but if you could uh, automate like 90 percent of that you could um you could increase your visibility on linkedin uh, a lot uh, by just commenting on, on a lot of stuff. So there's a practical use of it. Yeah, uh, I feel from my perspective and maybe people uh, that aren't that technical feel with me here that it's tricky to see all the possibilities. Mm. Uh, I mean, that for one, 
was new. Uh, I can totally see it happen mm. uh, and see that it works. I mean, my co-founder, Andreas Granset has, uh, or I mean, he hasn't written. He had just uh, put out correct uh, uh, <laughs> questions mm. to ChatGPT and written a full book about entrepreneurial mindset mm. that is really good mm. is very interesting so he hasn't i mean put in one even letter the chat gpt has as you uh, told us earlier mm. written the full book but i feel it's it's tricky to just come up with all the ideas of what you can do with this do you have any advice or tips or hacks here to i mean just be creative. I'm a, I, of, of course, oh, that's cool. one thing, but <laughs> when the creation is limited, <laughs> at least for me. <laughs> How or which parts to to do? I mean, it's uh, it's like starting a company in some way. Like you focus on the problem. Uh, like which parts do you find really mundane of your role uh, today? Uh, which text based parts do you find like? uh cumbersome to to do or problematic or time consuming so just focus on trying to to do those and get better at prompting um like while uh generative ai will um for sure replace a lot of jobs there will be a lot of newly created jobs like just in the industrial revolution basically uh and one of them uh, might be something like a prompt engineer uh, where you get better in interacting with with the ai um so the more you do it the, the the better you get there are a lot of good youtube content um about it how you could like pre-prompt your uh your chat gpt to become even more accurate and give you better answers um so um, uh, if you don't want to be creative yourselves there there is uh, already a lot of content both on the web and, and uh, especially on youtube i would say there is good is there uh, any specific roles uh, that you would encourage to look into this uh, extra deeply i mean uh, we have found out and uh, other companies that i've talked to especially um, roles within marketing uh, so content creation uh, you can output literally ten times more uh, with with uh, ChatGPT or or large language models nowadays than you could just before it existed. So everything, marketing material, social media, and blogs. There are um, there are uh, really cool um, tools coming out. One is called Typeface AI, uh, for instance, where you could do entire marketing campaigns with images, etc. It's still in waiting list mode, uh, but check it out. Um, uh, and then they're receiving heavy funding like before they, they, uh, they even um, launch. So the product videos look really cool. It will be awesome. Uh, and there are um, presentation tools that can do the storytelling and the images and uh, several slides for you. Uh, one is called Tome AI, for instance. So those are some some uh, like vertical AI tools. So a lot of marketing focus, and I guess also uh, con text that and content that helps uh, the, in the customer journey and describes, and or maybe documentations. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Was coming to that. So, so uh, customer uh, or uh, marketing and sales, uh, natural. There is a lot to do there. Email drafts, outreach drafts, do sequencing of mails just by a simple uh, 
comment basically um but also customer support uh, documentation um of of everything you are doing um or um when you release a new product you don't have to spend time doing it in a good tonality etc just focus on clearly describing it for the ai and you can choose the tonality and it will it will give you what you need basically but one really amazing thing that that we have uh, done um i do have three engineering co uh, tech co-founders we're four uh, uh, co-founders so we're uh, quite product and tech uh, um, loving in our company i would <laughs> say beautiful <laughs> uh, uh, so uh what what they did early on with with their teams and uh, the product and, and the engineering team is to really urge everyone to use um, um, hubspot copilot or gpt4 uh hubspot copilot pilot is um or not hubspot i'm sorry github uh, copilot i mean uh for uh for coding uh so that can actually generate code it can it can uh, review code for you um so that really really speeds up uh development and making uh can make like um ordinary mid mid uh, mid level or mid experience uh, engineers into like 10x engineers uh, for so in the first time in in uh, in our history at least both of, of our teams completed their sprints uh, like several days before the sprint was supposed to end because of the use of a lot of ai it is quite amazing that is really amazing Everyone who runs uh, products uh, or SaaS service, maybe I should say, would love that. <laughs> would love that. The backlog is always just too long. <laughs> it is. It is. And um, yeah, it hasn't happened in my career many times before. So, so, so <laughs> not me really neither, and not uh, not to uh, uh, throw any shadow mm. to anyone. Uh, an engineer I ever worked with. I worked with amazing people, but that is really mind-blowing, I would say. Mm, it is. That's great. So what we say here is to check it out uh, and start by gathering the data you have. What uh, manual task that isn't that fun would you like someone else to do, especially mm. if they're text-based? Mm. And if you run uh, a SaaS company or some kind of software uh, in your portfolio then look into it and see if you can implement it on a different and an open source version or whatever version mm -hmm. what that suits you best they can ask questions uh, to your platform for your customer to make the user experience better mm -hmm. well, i learned a lot today <laughs> very very interesting mm -hmm. very very interesting thank you so much for sharing mm -hmm. okay who do you get most inspired by regarding this topic? And maybe it isn't a who. <laughs> maybe it is a system. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. I mean, the system itself is, is quite good as, at answering questions about this topic. But mm. uh, I think I, I, uh, the, the ones that sparked my interest many years ago were Ray Kurzweil, uh, who now works at Google with their futuristic stuff. Uh, he has always been um, spoken 
spoken highly about AI or the dangers of AI as well. We do have two Swedes uh, that are uh, real um, great both f- uh, futuristic philosophers and AI philosophers or uh, professors in AI, like in MIT. One of them is Max Tegmark, who wrote the book Life 3.0, um, following his his podcast trail call uh, is is quite interesting uh, I, I think as well and nick bostrom uh, who wrote the book super intelligence which drove um, the the famous quote by elon musk after he read it saying that ai might be more dangerous than, than nuclear weapons in the future he said that like a decade ago um so uh, we're we're in the forefront uh, in Sweden, not in Sweden, but Swedish people are. So those are some 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 people that are interesting too. And what are your main challenges in your business right now, and problem that you are extra focusing on or addressing at this current moment? Mm, um, very interesting. I mean, a little bit related to 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 this uh, topic as well. We're seeing that a lot of our roles could be uh, or are being much more efficiently handled uh, as they are. So so we're thinking about our workforce management, like how many more people do we really need to to uh, um, to hire? How should be uh, how should we uh, form our uh, recruiting processes so that. Uh, AI is a big part of them, as I mentioned before, or the usage of AI. Uh, And uh, at the same time, which markets uh, are, are, um, or which geographical markets are uh, good uh, fits for our product? That's our big, biggest challenge. right now to to understand like for instance in italy uh, chat gpt is uh, was banned for a little bit we, mm. we had just decided to experiment a little bit with with entering italy but then it was banned etc so yeah it's hard in in europe and europe is quite fragmented so that's a big challenge mm. and europe uh, is your uh, focusing market right it's our focusing market right now yeah exciting okay uh, who would you like me to invite to the podcast uh, hopefully uh, episode you would listen to yourself um i would like to invite anders halin which is my board member and partner at alliance venture mm-hmm. i would say non-traditional vc way of, of looking on at how um how companies can reach uh, operational excellence. He has guided me and mentored me uh, nicely, uh, or very nicely in that. So, mm, um, good to hear. Yeah, I would say Anders Halli. Anders is very, very welcome to join. Fail and grow would be an honor. Nice. And if one would uh, like to reach out to you, how do one do? Um, LinkedIn. So my name on LinkedIn, Nima Samimi, of course, or uh, mail as well, Uh, even though mail is a little bit suffer for me to crowded space yeah crowded <laughs> space but nima at alexishr.com interesting yes some fun facts here uh, maybe a bit off the topic but we asked uh, some of our customers and i'm um, like the ceos and some of the decision makers and just ask them mm-hmm. uh, how many emails do you receive every day mm-hmm. uh, for like outreach someone trying to book a meeting with them or something similar, mm-hmm. and how many phone calls do you receive? Uh, and I, I actually f- felt it was a bit scary. It was like 20 to 30 emails a day. Mm-hmm. 
So that is a lot. It is <laughs> and a lot. two to three phone calls. Oh. And it, I'm not really clear if there was the one that actually answered. Mm. But um, I mean, if someone would look at that data, mm. <laughs> I would say go more <laughs> because that is not so crowded. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I really, really agree. Uh, and I, I can vouch for them. Not numbers as well. Mm. Uh, that was just a bit of topic. But then uh, it was a great pleasure having you here in the show. Thank you for having me, Wilma. It was a pleasure talking uh, about about uh, this topic with you and having a discussion. Lovely. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. And we're going to outro this podcast with your favorite after work song. So you have the bubbles or the kava or the beer that we have talking. So I, I would actually guess the beer, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> you have the drink in your hand. Yeah. Uh, and this song comes up and you feel hmm, yeah. this is a good week. I like this. Now I start dancing or smiling or doing whatever that makes you happy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really do want to. Uh, when I'm at after work, I uh, search for dancing mm -hmm. as soon as possible. So I really want to go dancing. And one of the songs that really can't make me stand still or sit still is from... Uh, uh, super popular artist now I think uh, called Fred again mm. uh, with a song Delilah mm. pull me out of this um, <laughs> wonderful it's wonderful thank you for that and cheers and have a beautiful weekend thank you so much Bruno. pull me out of this